It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to the Erin Chamberlick Radio Show. And I'm your host, Erin Chamberlick, the Real Food Revivalist from GetBetterWellness.com. And if you've listened to the show, you know that I believe that many of the modern diseases of our society are the result of factors that we can influence or control. And on this show, we talk about real food for real life, how to make changes that really matter, it's time to get back to an ancestral way of eating and stop taking our nutrition advice from those who are not science-based. So check out my website, getbetterwellness.com. This morning, we have a very fabulous guest. If you're stressed out, fatigued, and overwhelmed, you're in the right place. Uh, so stay tuned. We are going to share valuable information and nutritional tools that will help you to de-stress and feel your best. Now, did you know that according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults um, age 18 and older? But what normally happens is we take prescription medications for that, and 43% are reported to take mood-altering prescriptions regularly. Things like Paxil and Zoloft uh, rank seven and eight um, or higher, because this is a little bit older data, in the top ten prescri- prescribed medications in the U.S. So that's a lot of money for not a lot of real help. And what we're bringing you today is real help. Way too many people don't know that they have options outside of the pillbox. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So let me introduce my guest this morning is Trudy Scott. She is a food, mood expert, and certified nutritionist. Welcome, Trudy. Thanks, Erin. It's great to be here. Let me just say that Trudy is the author of a book called The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, How the Foods You Eat Can Help You Calm Your Anxious Mind, Improve Your Mood, and End Cravings. I got my copy on Amazon.com. And she um, has two websites, everywomanover29.com, where you can get nine great questions women ask about food, mood, and their health. A second website would be antianxietyfoodsolution.com where you can get books, DVDs, downloads. You can even download a home study program because we're just going to scratch the surface today. We're just going to take 30 minutes. So I am going to bring Trudy in and uh, just, you know, say we're going we're gonna to try and go fast here, Trudy. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk some basics. You know, with 
starting with our food, how does food impact our mood, our hormones, our health? There's a big open question for you. There you go. <laughs> and you had a beautiful introduction when you said that food affects so much of what goes on with us. And it certainly affects our mood. And we know that food affects us physically. And it's only recently that we've seen research. And this, this is since 2009. The study started coming out showing that there was this very, very powerful connection between what we eat and how we feel emotionally. It makes common sense. You know, our brain is connected to the rest of our body. But it's taking a while for this to catch on in the mental health community and in the medical community. But I see very, very powerful connections. And but the big thing here, obviously, with your audience, and I know you believe in this, that the quality of food is really important. So we need to be eating real whole food, needs to be really good quality. And when I say good quality, grass-fed, beef, wild fish, organic fruits and vegetables, good healthy fats. But these foods can actually prevent and alleviate anxiety, obsessive tendencies, which we'll often see with people with anxiety, worry, panic attacks. And even if you don't have full-blown anxiety and you are not needing the medications that you mentioned, if you are the kind of person who's an incessant worrier, if you feel overwhelmed a lot of the time, if you have the sort of negative self-talk going on, perfectionism, or you feel that you are, you know, who am I to be doing this? That, those kind of feelings can be directly related to uh, some of the neurotransmitter deficiencies. And eating this real quality food combined according to your own, you know, eating according to your own unique needs is really important because we all have our own unique biochemistry. So we need to figure out what, what works for us. And um, I actually am hosting the Anxiety Summit coming up in June, and I interviewed Dr. Felice Jacker in Australia yesterday, and she's one of the researchers who's done all this research on food, and it was so exciting to hear what research she has coming up, but certainly the research that she has done. And one of her first studies was looking at Australian women eat, comparing those eating a Western diet compared to those eating this traditional diet, and there was a lower risk of depression and anxiety with those eating fruits, vegetables, fish, whole grains, and, wait for it, grass-fed red meat. And she said she was really surprised by the grass-fed red meat uh, you know, connection to mood, but she said this was the strongest correlation to good mood and less anxiety and less depression. Isn't that interesting? That is. That is very interesting. And we're being very specific here when we say grass-fed red meat, not conventionally raised um, red meat, that's a completely different quote-unquote food because of the toxins in the animal. So what kinds of things are we getting when we eat grass-fed red meat specifically um, and, and wild-caught fish? And um, what, what is our body getting that it's just um, loving and that's helping with our moods and anxiety? Uh, you know, with red meat, it, it's a lot of things, and obviously the grass-fed is really important. One of the big things, the big difference with grass-fed versus feedlot meat is that the, the animals are eating grass, so we have much higher levels of omega-3s. If they are being fed corn, they're going to have much higher levels of omega-6s, which is not healthy. So we know there's this connection between omega-3 and better mental health. So that's one component. The other is that 
you know, a lot of my clients say, I'm not eating red meat anymore. I'm, you know, I'm being healthy. I'm doing a good thing. And um, what uh, Dr. Jack has said in our interview is that um, she feels that it's the iron and the zinc that is an important factor in the red meat. And she's going to actually be teasing this out and doing more research. So this is, this is cutting-edge information that, uh, you know, lead researchers in this field are amazed at the benefits. I mean, as nutritionists, we know how beneficial it is. I see it with my clients all the time. They eat red meat and they feel great, you know, when they haven't been eating red meat. And I was actually a vegetarian myself and I gave up red meat and it wasn't good for me. And I really feel very strongly that if you have anxiety or depression um, and you are vegetarian, you want to consider adding back some animal protein. I know it's a tough thing to think about. I know when I was a vegetarian, no one could have convinced me otherwise. But that, that you know, that you need that iron. Um, and iron and zinc are cofactors for making serotonin, for making GABA, for making all of our calming neurotransmitters. The other thing that red meat and fish have and other protein sources are amino acids. And amino acids are the building blocks of our neurotransmitters. And then finally, meat and fats provide uh, blood sugar stability. And when you have these blood sugar ups and downs, you're going to feel more anxious and more depressed and have, feel more stressed and overwhelmed. So if you're having a meal that includes protein and fats at the same time, that's going to help keep your blood sugar stable. So I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, um, of adding these. We mentioned you know, red meat. Uh, we uh, just touched on uh, wild fish. We definitely want it to be wild. And then pastured chickens and then uh, pastured eggs are just wonderful, wonderful sources of protein. And you can eat the yolk. I actually um, have a lot of people say to me, well, what about the yolk? Can I eat the yolk? And we definitely want to eat the yolk. That's where all the nutrition is found, and I just tweeted that today. I just came across an old um, podcast that Jimmy Moore did with, um, oh, now I'm drawing blank. I think it's Dr. Steve, Gun oh, you know, you're going to have to look at my tweet, but he is um, an excellent physician who um, knows that eggs are going to be the thing that are going to help us get our cholesterol in line and we're avoiding eggs because of some old science that wasn't even really science. So my tweet said, Dr. Stephen Gundry said, I use eggs to lower people's cholesterol. <laughs> he also uses high fat diets and in, in that podcast he talks about the good fats versus the bad. And so you mentioned the good you know, quality fats. Can you be more specific for our listeners? Good quality fats are butter, coconut oil, olive oil. Actually, some, you know, we, we know how beneficial olive oil is for you know, heart disease and inflammation. And there's actually now research showing it actually helps with anxiety. So having those healthy fats on board are just so good for nourishing the brain and then also for providing that blood sugar stability. Another one is um, avocados. Um, nuts, you know, um, have have oils in them as well. So maybe macadamia nut oil would be good, um, and and those are really good oils. And I'm, you know, and then the, you're getting the good saturated fats from the good quality uh, protein that you might be eating. And I think we must must make it clear on the quantity of meat, because yes. it, that we do need a, a small amount. You know, we don't want a giant slab of meat on our plate with too little asparagus. 
we want a mountain of vegetables with a small portion of meat, palm size, about four ounces, about the size of your palm. So if you're a bigger person, maybe you can get away with a little bit more, but that's how much protein we want at each meal, about a palm size, about four ounces. Okay, and so some people, they think they're eating protein at each meal, but when you weigh your food, you're not eating enough protein. A lot of times it's a few bites of chicken on your salad. So <laughs> make sure it's enough, you know, three to four ounces. And at least weigh it once or twice so you know what it should look like um, because I usually see people under eating protein. Maybe, you know, the occasional person is overeating. But you had mentioned that we get cofactors from these foods, iron, zinc, um, and when it comes to iron, the way what the lab test you want is really the ferritin because that's a better indicator, I think, of you know how your body is storing um, the iron. You know, you if your doctor is only doing a hemoglobin, you may miss uh, that you have a low storage of it. Do you find that to be um, true with the people that you counsel? Absolutely, ferritin is you have to test ferritin, and it's not a common test that, that would be tested, you have to actually ask your doctor to do it and it's a very good indication of, of whether you have enough iron you know, that you can actually use. So good one to test and I actually, I've got to go back to the anxiety summit because I've interviewed so many amazing speakers. I interviewed Dr. Isabella Wentz and she talked on Hashimoto's connection to mood problems and she said people with thyroid problems need a ferritin of around 80, I think she said 80, which was you know, a lot of people are not even aware of that. Wow. And if you look at the lab range, I hate lab ranges because they're based on some population who is not optimally healthy. So you really need a nutritionist to sort through lab values for you because the quote-unquote normal range is much lower on ferritin. And I've just been looking at that for a couple of women with hair loss and their ferritin, you know, is getting really low. And, you know, some people are saying for hair, <laughs> you want your ferritin above 70. And now for, you know, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, you want it above 80. So you got to get the grass-fed red meat. And um, let me play the, the person who says, but I don't, my body doesn't want meat. I don't like it. When you hear that, what do you think of and how do you help them through that? You mean they don't want, they're concerned about eating animal protein? You know, it's more than a philosophical thing. There's people who think their body doesn't um, want it or meat makes them sick. You know, they're not digesting it well, and so they're staying away from it. But there's, you know, some things that we can look for to help them digest their meat better because it, I don't think there's too many people who really, you know, um, that's the case where their body doesn't like it. <laughs> it's just that maybe they're not able to use it now in the current state of health they're in. Yes. Okay, good question. So there's a philosophical point of view, and that one's a little bit harder to deal with. But the other is, is that some people may have low enzymes. They may have low hydrochloric acid, and that's a common thing. We'll see that go down as you get older. So possibly supplementing with enzymes can make a difference. And on the blood work, you can actually look at some markers, you talked about, you know, looking at functional values of the blood. If you look at 
uh, total protein and albumin and globulin, if those are outside the functional range, that could be an indicator of low hydrochloric acid. And adding in hydrochloric acid can make a very big difference. And then the other thing is we talked about zinc earlier, and a lot of people with anxiety have low levels of zinc. We have this zinc-copper balance, and when we've got low zinc, we may have high copper, and then we'll feel more anxious. And when you have low zinc, your appetite for protein goes down. You're not going to feel like it. So once we add add zinc in, and I am a proponent of supplements, because if you have full-blown anxiety and you're needing anti-anxiety medications, foods are probably not going to cut it initially. Maybe you will be able to maintain with foods, and a lot of people can just make food changes and feel absolutely amazing. But there's a you know, number of people that I'm working with that are really have really serious anxiety and, and have low, uh, low zinc. Adding the zinc back in can then help them um, increase their desire for the animal protein. Sorry, I was <laughs> muted. Yeah, I um, I do, you know, offer that in my web store, zinc um, supplements, and I also help people, as you mentioned, with um, low enzymes and low stomach acid. That to me is one of the huge crimes of, of the pharmaceutical industry. You know, there's a couple big crimes. One is all these mood-altering drugs. One is the statin drugs to lower cholesterol. Um, which is just a myth that we need to lower cholesterol. And then the third are, um, you know, the things that lower stomach acid. As you age, you don't have too much stomach acid. It's just in the wrong place. And so if people are on those medications, that's going to contribute to your inability to digest your protein, which leads to, you know, bone loss and anxiety. So again, you know, work with Trudy, work with me. We we can help you figure all that out and sort that out so that you can start absorbing your food once again. Um, let me jump now to um, foods that maybe, you know, hurt us. You know, you mentioned we we got to get off that blood sugar roller coaster. What foods cause that? And, um, you know, is gluten especially bad for moods, um, in your opinion? And you know, so maybe you could talk about blood sugar and gluten. Okay. So blood sugar is a big thing. We, we talked about having that protein in there and the fats to keep blood sugar even. And when we have those, uh, we, you know, we're consuming sugar, say we have a breakfast with no protein, we're going to get this big spike of sugar and then it's going to crash and we're going to feel anxious. So keeping that blood sugar even by having a good protein breakfast, having protein and fat at every meal, and when we have these ups and downs with, sugar, with blood sugar levels, we can feel anxious. We can have fear. We can actually have panic attacks. And sugar itself is bad because it depletes us of chromium and manganese and zinc and magnesium and the B vitamins, which we need. And there is this link between high cortisol and stress eating. So we want to make sure we're not doing that. And then gluten is a big factor. I would say that 80 to 90 percent of my clients do better on a gluten-free diet when they have mood problems. There's a lot of research supporting this connection between uh, gluten and mood. It depletes us of serotonin. It depletes us of other minerals like zinc, which we've talked about. And they're the, these opiate-like compounds, which can be very addicting. We can actually be addicted to the gluten. We can actually be addicted to the sugar. So it can be very challenging to just say, well, you should give up sugar, you should give up gluten. 
And that's where the amino acids come into it, which is an area that I learned from Julia Ross. And if you have these, uh, some of these symptoms, like if you've got low serotonin, uh, you would have the afternoon cravings and you would have uh, anxiety in the head, the kind of worry and anxiety, and your cravings could be for carbohydrates like gluten or sugar in the afternoon and the evening. And if you use a, a, an amino acid taken as a supplement, like tryptophan, for example, this would be one that raises serotonin levels, that can completely break that addiction to the gluten or the sugar. So you're not having to use willpower, so you don't feel deprived, so you're actually addressing the nutritional deficiency that you have. And I mentioned tryptophan, that's one that helps with low serotonin. The other big amino acid is GABA, and that raises GABA levels, and GABA is a calming uh, neurotransmitter, it's also an amino acid. And those, together with a number of other amino acids, are just fabulous for helping people get on track easily. Okay. Now, I know you've worked with lots of people and helping them use um, amino acids, which we can buy on our own. Um, and I know there's some better than others. Um, so, you know, let's go back to that person who's addicted to gluten and or sugar. Um, what does that tell you about the status of their neurotransmitters, their happy brain chemicals? Uh, which one is that signaling needs support? Well, if, it's, um, if they are addicted to gluten, say, for example, I just love chocolate chip cookies, you don't know which neurotransmitter is out of balance. And the way to figure it out is to do the mood cure questionnaire that Julia Ross has created. It's in my book as well. And see which area you have a lot of symptoms. And then try the amino acid that is related to that. So if you've got a lot of the low serotonin, you try tryptophan or 5-HTP. If you've got a lot of the low GABA symptoms, which is the stiffness and the tension and the physical kind of anxiety, then you would try the low GABA. And you may stress eat when you've got low GABA. You may also go for wine or some, you know, some alcohol to relax. So that's a clue there. But the, the great thing about the amino acids is they work immediately. You'll know within five minutes, ten minutes, maybe an hour if they are, you are getting results from them. And then you know, okay, this particular addiction, this particular craving that I have is because I have low serotonin or low GABA and it's this amino acid that's going to help. If you're doing it on your own, I recommend doing it one at a time. Do one each week and then you can see which, which is affecting you. And we've just talked about GABA and tryptophan here, but the other big one for this craving or this love of something is low endorphins. And if you say, to, if I hear one of my clients say, I just love chocolate chip cookies, and I would feel devastated if I could never have one again, then that's a clue that it could be low endorphins. So you've got this absolute mm -hmm. love for food. It's a comfort. It's a reward. It's a treat. That's low endorphins. So it's just a matter of figuring out which area is the depletion. And many people have depletions in all of these areas. So it's not unusual to have low serotonin, low GABA, low endorphins, low blood sugar, and then the other one we didn't talk about yet was low catecholamines, and that's when you've got low energy and poor focus and you're going for coffee or you're going for um, caffeine, some kind of caffeine to give you that energy. 
And that's another big one when it comes to anxiety. Caffeine has to go. The coffee has to go. And that's not a very popular one that my clients like to hear. But if you have anxiety, you've got to get rid of the coffee and see if that's going to make a difference. Because that, that could be the only thing that's causing the anxiety. Yeah, that's pretty powerful because a lot of people like can imagine getting off everything else but just want to hang on to the coffee. So, um, you know, besides uh, the amino acids, I know we can do things like exercise and, you know, just enjoying life, laughing, um, taking time, you know, for ourselves. But for a person who has a really long, you know, history since childhood of sugar addictions, eating candy like crazy, um, how, how should they go about this? Let's say they, you know, want to work on their endorphins first. Do you say, you know, that's it, 100% no sugar and go to the amino acids or is there some sort of tapering? Because a lot of them can't even imagine, you know, not having that sugar. That's a good question. And you're right, a lot of people can't imagine it. They, firstly, they don't believe it's possible. When they hear this, they think, no, this is not possible because they've tried everything. And really, it should, it, you should be able to get rid of it completely. It's not a taper thing. If you still, if you're doing, say you've added in the endorphin-boosting amino acid and you've still got some cravings, then you've got to figure out, is it another area? But once you have all the amino acids on board, it, you should not need anything. It should just go out the window. You know, within a week, my clients will say to me, I can't believe it. My cravings are down to zero. You know, they can't believe how amazing it is. And it's just a matter of finding the right combination and then the right amount. So say, for example, you know, I'll have my clients rate their, their craving symptoms on a scale of 1 to 10. When they come in and see me, it's a 10 or maybe it's a 20 out of 10. And then within a week, it may go down to like 5 or 4. And then we've got to fine-tune things a little bit more. Do we add in another amino acid or do we bump up what you're already taking? So say, for example, someone's or re- uh, taking the tryptophan, and now those afternoon and evening cravings have been dramatically reduced, but not quite enough. And they're still not sleeping, and they've still got a little bit of worry, and they still feel a little bit irritable. Those are all signs of low serotonin. Then we would maybe increase the, the tryptophan, and the starting dose for tryptophan is 500 milligrams. We would then double that to 1,000 milligrams and say, okay, have we seen some improvements? If we have, good, we know we're on, onto a good thing. If it's not quite down to zero, then we might increase it again. If we don't see any improvements when we increase it, then we just go back to the, the amount that was making a difference and we go and look elsewhere. But keep in mind that we're just talking about uh, neurotransmitters here and how these can cause cravings. But there are other reasons that we can have cravings, and another one is candida. So if the amino acids are not breaking that addiction and they're not stopping those cravings, then we need to look elsewhere and, and look at candida or some kind of gut dysbiosis. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are often at play. So it isn't, uh, here, just take this pill, you know, it, it is working through with um, somebody who can help you. Mm-hmm. So could you just spend a minute and talk about um, the Anxiety Summit that you have put together? Thank you. I would love to. I'm just so thrilled to be hosting the Anxiety Summit. It starts June the 9th, and it runs through the 22nd, and I've interviewed the most incredible speakers to share 
some of the cutting-edge research to share some, some practical tips and techniques. Uh, I, for example, I mentioned Dr. Felice Jacker. She's talking about all the research. I interviewed Julie Matthews. She's talking about how special diets and avoiding certain foods can support you if you've got anxiety. We haven't even touched on things like oxalates and uh, salicylates. She, she spends, we spend a whole hour talking about that. I actually interviewed Amanda Swart. She's a researcher in South Africa, where I'm from, and she talked about rooibos tea red, or redbush tea and how the research is showing that it helps in the management of stress. Uh, we uh, interviewed Dr. Hyla Kass to talk about this whole addiction component that we've talked about. And then, of course, the, the pioneer in the use of amino acids, Julia Ross, uh, who I spent two years working in her clinic and learned about the amino acids. She talks about amino acid therapy for eliminating anxiety and how to balance your adrenals. So this is, these are just an, a few of the 26 speakers that we have on the Anxiety mm -hmm. Summit. And it's free to listen live. Uh, and then, of course, there is an option to buy the audios and the transcripts and the highlights, uh, three-page highlights, just so you've got it for your, mm -hmm. for your learning library because it's such an amazing lineup of speakers. And I'm just so excited to be sharing this information and helping so many people. Right. And so through this podcast, you've give, given people a taste of how um, – powerful food and supplementation and lifestyle can be. We didn't really touch on toxins, so I'm sure you've got a speaker in your lineup that will do that. Yes. But the place to um, sign up, it will be two places. You can check my website. Um, I'll have that up soon, getbetterwellness.com, under my events um, part, portion on the home screen, and also theanxietysummit.com. So um, I really do appreciate you being on the show today with us, Trudy. And, um, you know, do you want to direct people to one website or the other, or are they both equally exciting? <laughs> They're both equally exciting. And um, I just appreciate you having me on, and thank you for sharing about the Anxiety Summit. And thank you for, for doing this podcast and sharing this information. Okay, thank you so much, and you have a great day, and I'll be listening on the summit. Great. Thanks, Erin. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.